Hey everyone, welcome to the Earn Your Life podcast with David Fernandez Jr. Here we are on another episode. I am excited about this one. We have an amazing guest that's going to share beautiful, beautiful information with all of us. I'm super excited. Her name is Dr. Sam Raider. She is a licensed clinical psychologist with over 17 years of experience. She is also the creator of Source Code Psychology. Sam, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, I'm super excited because it's just so weird. This podcast for me has been medicine for me as well. Like here, the intention was to provide um, information with, you know, beautiful people doing amazing work around the world. And I get so much from it. So it's kind of like such a gift, you know what I mean, to be um, to be here with you and, and knowing that we're about to dive in deep. Yay. Can't wait. <laughs> so you know what? Let's just let's just get it going. Like, let's start talking about, you know, um, how the source code psychology came into play, how it was birthed, um, and just really. Are you there? Yeah. Did I lose you? You did. You said really kind of, and then I lost you. Oh, I'm sorry. What I was saying is basically, let, let's dive in, um, you know, with the whole source code psychology, how, how it was birthed, um, you know, how it all originated and just really break it all down. Okay, great. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I've been a psychologist doing work with clients for um, the last uh, while. And I've also been teaching therapists um, how to do the work. And my training comes out of depth psychology or psychoanalytic psychology, um, which means that we go beyond the surface of things. So instead of treating the symptoms, we try to find the root cause of the symptoms and iron out the problems on that deeper level. And I've been doing psychoanalytic work for a long time. Um, but a lot of the critiques of psychoanalysis is that they can be, is that the practice can be kind of meandering. It can take a long time. So for some people, it takes like 10 years to really go through an analysis and get to the other side. Oh, wow. And that there really wasn't a map of the psyche. It was just sort of like, and let's go deeper into that. And now what are you feeling? And then what comes up and what, you know, like metaphors, yeah. or, you know. And um, so what I did was I spent the last uh, 15 years or so cataloging that I've really discovered there are only 11 things that ail us as human beings that are that are okay. coming up in any moment. I call these things our coping styles. And so mm. um, I sort of drew a map of the mind so that as therapists, we always know where we are. When a client starts to say, oh, I'm having trouble with this, I'm feeling this, we can immediately say, oh, I know where we are. We're on this spot in the map and this is what you need to heal it. Um, wow. so yeah, it's really, really beautiful. And the therapists who work for me are turning clients out in like six months, what was taking like five to 10 years, you know, it's just like bananas. Oh, I love that. how much, you know, the psyche wants to heal, but if we're just meandering forever, it's harder to get there. So yeah. I'm really excited and proud of, of what we're doing, but also just to explain what source code is. So I believe yeah. a source code in terms of computer language is, the original um, code that determines what how a program will function. And so I believe okay. in our first five years of life, our early experience writes a source code in our unconscious. 
which then determines the rest of the way that our story unfolds into adulthood and that we keep sort of reliving the same patterns that we experienced Mm -hmm. in our first five years of life. And so in source code psychology, we help our clients rewrite their code for a healthier, more beautiful life. And how do you do that? Very carefully. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Essentially, it's sort of reparenting. So again, all of these wounds happen before, you know, the age of five or by the age of five. So what we do is if a client comes in and what they're struggling with is something that's from a toddler wound inside of them, let's say, we act as the new parental figure for that client's inner toddler. And we give them experientially what they didn't get back then, um, which is, it's always, you know, different with every client, with every different coping style. But when you do the reparenting on those young parts, they come out of being stuck in arrested development and the person becomes more whole. Um, Yeah. So we basically, instead of, because clients will come in and the concerns they bring in are very like adult concerns of like, oh, well, my boss at work is really tough on me and I don't like working there, you know, this kind of thing. And so, you know, they would expect that we would start talking to them about their boss and say, well, let's think about a strategy of how you can either quit or stand up for yourself. This, you know, like normal human adult conscious stuff. But instead, as source code therapists, we look for the deeper pattern in what they're saying of like, oh, wait a minute, there's something about being pushed around oh, I wonder if early on you had an overbearing parent and this pattern is getting played out at work and it's also getting played out at home and it's getting played out everywhere now. And so you need me to work with you on what it would be like to be with a parental figure or an authority figure who isn't going to be that way with you. Yeah, yeah, it's really beautiful stuff. I, I love that. You know what? Like it's so it's so wild because everything uh, lately, especially in my life, has been so divine. Now, when you're sharing this, it's so crazy because two two nights ago, right? I've been dealing with a lot of like anxiety and panic attacks, and just like I, the way it shows up is like I can't take a full deep breath, whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, right? And so it's not th- two nights ago; it's three nights ago. Three nights ago. Uh, you know, I'm feeling again because I can distract myself and go work out and be with nature all day long. But guess what? When I come home, I have to deal with myself. Mm. Right. And literally, like I, I've been cre- like I've been forced to like face myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So here's what happened. And it's, and it's so connected to mm. what you're talking about. So, I, you know, I've done enough work and I've been exposed to enough information where, uh, you know, when that's coming up, I'm like, OK, I have some work to do. It's coming up for a reason, and I'm learning how to embrace it, right? That's been my journey. So here's what happened. All of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling good, meaning I can't take the deep breath. I'm feeling the anxiety in my chest. I'm like, okay, why is it showing up in my lungs? I, I closed my eyes. I went into mm. my heart, and it was a very clear answer. I lost a son when I was 21 years old, held him dead in my hands, five months old. His lungs weren't developed, Okay. And um, it, it, when they put me in the hospital room by myself with him, um, I, I, uh, I started talking to him. You know, at 21 years old, even though he was dead in my hands, I started talking to him and, and telling him, like, kind of like, like he was alive. I was like, I'm going to teach you not to do this. Everything bad that I was doing in my life at age 21, I was telling him 
li- literally telling him that I was going to teach him on how not to do that. Right. And I said his name three times. Every time I said his name, his whole body like clenched up like he was trying to take a deep breath. Now, I share that for a reason, because now flash forward to three nights ago, I go in my heart, close my eyes. And all of a sudden I see um, this like I'm like this dark room. And it was kind of like like it wasn't pretty. Mm. You know what I mean? It was just the, the energy wasn't pretty. And on the on the opposite end of the end of the room, my five year old self was there and he was scared shitless. And so like somehow I'm trying to like like, uh, you know, tell him like, hey, come here. I want to hug you. I want to love you. And because, you know, I want you to know that you're safe. I want you to know that you're not that bad little boy that's always believed uh, that you're a bad little boy, mm-hmm. right? Because of all the trauma that I went through, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. And for whatever reason, I physically, I, you know, with my eyes closed and I'm inside my heart, I extended my hand, like somehow wanting to feel the touch of him, right? Like for him mm-hmm. to come with me. And, and it didn't happen. So then all of a sudden, I'm like, uh, you know what? Like all of a sudden I create like this, other five-year-old little boy version of myself that represented love and i told him go over there and hug him and love him and tell him that it's safe mm-hmm. and everything he goes over there and he hugs and the minute that he hugged like all of a sudden i got a flashback of my little cousin that i've wor- been worried about ever since he left and he left the family and he had lost his dad and didn't know how to deal with it and got stuck for you know, it happened at 12 and at 18, he left home. We haven't seen him since. All of a sudden, I saw my grandma that wasn't really a good person in this lifetime and caused a lot of pain because she was in pain. And I saw my uncle in prison that I went to go visit when I was seven, eight years old. I, I started flashbacking everything, every trauma that I had gone through. I, I It was like clear in my mind going through these like flashbacks. And then all of a sudden... I started saying forgiveness. I forgive myself. I forgive. And I'm crying in control of me, but I'm, I'm in it. I forgive myself. I forgive them. Like, like, it's kind of like I was doing healing work for like myself and also like releasing the, the, like the, the, that guilt and shame for everyone that like, you know, I don't know. It was just weird, but (laughs) here's what I'm trying to get to prior to that night you know, three nights ago that day I woke up with like anxiety. I'm not feeling at peace. I'm like, Oh man. So, you know, I, I, um, I turn on this like little video that, uh, two of my friends do it's called 11, 11 conversations with Yen and Mao. And, um, you know, that episode was like divine for me. It was like meant for me. I even asked for like a tarot card reading cause they do that. And the card they pulled was healing. And then I called my mentor, um, you know, beautiful soul. And, he gave me words of wisdom and he told me like, Hey, when we, you're going through major parts of, of your healing. And when we do that, we heal seven generations back. Right. And he said, David, you're here. So let's keep, let's keep going. Right. That type of thing. So all that came into play. Why? Because after I did that, I literally had this vision of like eight to 11 people, like um, kind of clapping and cheering and like, so proud of me. And I interpreted it and I connected it to what like my mentor had mentioned is that like it was like my ancestors kind of like being proud of me for for doing this healing work. Now, after this, now, you know, uh, making a long story short, you know, I, I went through that. And, uh, you know, the next day 
um, you know, once again, something came up, you know, I'm not, I'm not at ease. And it's at nighttime because I had a panic attack about a month and a half ago and it happened at three in the morning and I woke up abruptly and I couldn't breathe and all kinds of stuff. So there was fear attached to me being at night. But most importantly, I think it was because I'm by myself and I got to face myself. I can't be distracted anymore. Right. When I'm trying to go to sleep. So anyway, so here's the important piece that I'm trying to share. And it's connected to what you're saying. And I'd love your feedback on this. So two nights ago, right, right. So all of a sudden, um, I'm like, oh, man, here I am feeling it again. Okay, let me stand up. Let me, let me, you know, feel and embrace what I need to feel. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, let's go to the root, which was like what you said. Why does anxiety show up in my lungs like I can't take a deep breath? It was clear as day. When that happened, when I experienced that at 21 years old, the, the same night, I can't breathe. The doctors told me I didn't have asthma, and I, but they said, okay, we'll give you an inhaler, but you know, you don't have asthma. Your lungs are super clear, but here you go. And I latched onto that like never before for years and years. That like anytime I felt anxiety, I didn't even realize it was anxiety because I didn't have those tools. I would take an inhaler shot, and I, my belief system was that inhaler shot is going to make me feel better, which it did, right, until obviously it didn't work anymore. But here's what I'm trying to get to. I went into my heart again. I went back to when I lost my son in that room. I faced the, you know, I had just listened to a Bob Proctor video that said, the, the cave you're afraid to enter holds the treasure you seek, right? So I go in and, and face that part of it. And all of a sudden, I get this like, it's like I opened up a portal. It was like this, this clear, clear clarity of like, oh my God, I never lost the sun. I created that experience for myself because I was drowning. All the trauma I had been exposed to, like I, no one, no kid should ever be exposed to what I've been exposed to, right? Like literally all of a sudden I, I understood that that baby and child that I was holding was me. When I was talking to him, it was me. It's always been me. Now it's taken me 111 years to, to be ready to listen and open up and, 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 and really listen to what I've been telling myself. But now understanding that when I was 21, I was drowning. I couldn't breathe because I was overwhelmed with all the, the trauma. So like, oh my God, like that opened me up like never before, uh, Sam. And it's like, it's, it, it's, I'm, I'm now understanding the root I, and I'm loving the root and, and I'm like surrendering and also letting go of that now because it doesn't serve me anymore. You know what I mean? But that's like, do you connect that to kind of like what you are, are talking about regarding the source? Code yeah. Technology? I'd love to be able to get in there with you and explain to you everything that I understand about what you just told me. So I think when yeah. we're healing, there are two different paths and they can be complementary to one another. So one is psychological and one is spiritual. And it sounds like mm -hmm. the work that you've been doing around this is spiritual and it can be very powerful. Like that yeah. stuff of really allowing uh, generations worth of pain to come to the surface and like feel it all, forgive it. And that yeah. can really clear like lifetimes of, of pain, which is incredibly beautiful. Yeah. And that's not what I do. So as a clinical psychologist and as the creator of Source Code Psychology, what I do is focus on the psychology. So if we, and my theory is that our first five years of life determine 
our source code or the settings we have for our experience. So when you felt yeah. into that trauma and you saw that, um, that it was a five-year-old, you were absolutely right on. So when you began by saying you're having panic attacks, I thought to myself, mm -hmm. okay, we're either dealing with the frictive wound or the constricted wound, which will it be? Now the constricted okay. wound is when we're five years old. And it's when we believe that we're mm. bad, bad in a moralistic sense, which is what mm -hmm. you said. I was a bad boy. Mm -hmm. So when we're five yeah. years old, we get this huge influx of sex hormones. Uh, we develop our androgen system, which means we, for the first time, we have adrenaline, testosterone, estrogen. And that's why as five-year-olds, okay. we start to, a lot of people start to masturbate at that age. You have little boyfriends and girlfriends at school. You want to... Um, you want to marry them. You want to play doctor with other kids. You're curious about your own body, the bodies. Of you say you want to marry people. Now, all this amorousness and all this intense, like libidinal animal energy that's coursing through us at that age. Yeah. Of course, it's not literal. We're not going to go, you know, marry anyone or, or have penetrative right. sex with anyone. But it's we get very right. randy and we get very hyped up at that age. Before that, we were just little lumps of flesh just sitting around, yeah. barely could walk. When we turn five years old, we sprout long limbs and we start to sweat and run and want to play interpenetrative games. Hey, tag, you're it. Come chase me. It, it becomes much more competition, rivalry, aggression, yeah. you know, amorousness, all of that. So when we have this huge onslaught of these intense sexual competitive urges as five-year-olds, mm -hmm. the way that our parents respond to those urges determines how we feel about our animal selves. And during that phase of development in my system, there's three ways that can go wrong. If we don't get what we need, it can go wrong in one of three ways. And one of those three ways I call the constricted wounds. And the constricted wound happens when that raw animal part of ourselves that's developing, we come to some understanding that that part of us is bad and mm -hmm. that controlling that part of us is good. The way mm -hmm. we get to that is one of two ways. Either our parents were religious or controlling or frightened of, you know, animal selves themselves, and they were very punishing yep. and they always had their eye on us and they were kind of hovering and judging and condemning us. That's yeah. one way we become constricted. Another way we become constricted is if our parent is very unrestrained in their sexuality and and aggressiveness to the point where it feels frightening and we think, oh, I don't ever want to be like that. But in either of those scenarios or in a combination of those scenarios, we start to internalize that we, you know, there's right and wrong and good and bad and we need to follow the rules. And if we don't yeah. follow the rules, then we're bad. And it sounds like what you were saying to your five month old as he was, you know, passing away was you don't want to be like me because I'm bad. Yeah. You don't want to do what I do because I'm the bad boy. And so people who are constricted yeah. are consumed with this idea. Am I good or bad? Will I go to heaven or hell? Um, you know, what, like, you know, morally, am I right or wrong, good or bad? And it's very, a, a very frightening yeah. preoccupation. So my guess would be that mm -hmm. these panic attacks you're having are coming out of that very old structure since you were five years old of carving out the world mm -hmm. into these very rigid categories of right and wrong. And being very frightened mm -hmm. that maybe you're in the wrong category. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. And you know what's, what's crazy is that um, I think that I, I feel that why it's coming up 
so strong is because I, I've been the last four and a half years, I've been like transitioning to this new paradigm and I'm, I'm stretching myself out. I'm stepping into the unknown. I'm changing my life. And so, you know, uh, it's like that the old paradigm is not going to work anymore. So I think that's why it's so strong. And it's it, because I'm, I'm at the like, I'm knocking at the door of these goals and dreams that I've been uh, trying to accomplish. You know what I'm saying? So it's like kind of it's so deep because it's like. It's it's man, it's like I'm creating it all to do the work that I need to do to get me prepared for the next chapter. How deep is that? Yeah. And, you know, for a constricted, for someone who has that constricted wounding, going outside the box is exactly what we were told to never, ever do. Yeah. So when you're pushing the limits and you're thinking outside the box and you're inserting new, very radical ideas into the collective, that mm-hmm. five-year-old inside is like, am I being a bad boy? Um, Cause yeah. I'm not following the rules. I'm not playing the game by the rules I was taught. And it can be yeah. very, very stirring. Now the antidote in my system, the antidote to the constricted wound is becoming instinctive. Learning to trust that the animal parts of us, our instincts and intuition um, are actually, you know, have, have helped us survive for billions of years and they're, we can trust yeah. our instincts. And so I think you know, spiritually speaking, you doing all that internal sort of shamanic visualizing work is so beautiful. Psychologically speaking, if I were going to help you out, we would focus on learning to trust your instincts. Got it. You know, what's so beautiful is uh, I, I was uh, I'm, I'm kind of mentored by this um, this lady that worked with Bob Proctor and uh, you know, I, I'm looking at like going into her six week program or whatever. Right. And, you know, she told me the exact same thing, whatever your, your instinct is, whatever your instinct is telling you, whatever you're feeling like, it's that easy. Like, you just have to follow your heart and follow your feelings. So it's like, I'm getting the messages as we speak. Yeah. And it sounds like you've been doing that, but then in your unconscious, this five-year-old part of you is freaking the fuck out. Pardon me for swearing. Hell yeah. I'm going, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? We're supposed to follow these rules. We're supposed to be in control. I don't know where these instincts are taking us. And that's where the panic's coming from, I think. Absolutely. I I, I feel it. I feel it 100%. I love it. You're spot on. Thank you so much for that. Now, so let's, let's keep going. What, what, what else would you, you know, you, you have um, the, the world listening to you right now. Like, you know, what would you want to oh tell Oh my them? goodness. What a huge question. I, I always end I it with that it. question, but um, you know, I, I kind of got premature because I'm feeling it. So, so yeah. What else would you want to tell, tell just people, you know, when it comes to you spreading uh, the information that you have that you've created and the love that you're, you're giving to the world, like, what would you want to tell me? This is a great question. I think one of the things I noticed today when you were telling your story um, is that a lot of people, when when they, you know, a lot of people, first of all, when they're when they're noticing the problems that are in their lives right now, they're taking them at face value. Just I call it being concrete or staying with the content of their lives. Like, you know, my boss is mean. What do I do about my boss? Right. Um, mm-hmm. so to take one step farther than that, you would, you would look, try to track back of like, how is this showing up now? Is it part of a larger pattern? And when did the pattern begin? Which is the work you've been doing, right? 
And, but what I've noticed is most adults, we can't remember anything that happens before the age of five or six, really. So when I say, well, when did it all start? You're like, well, it started when I was 21. Right. So what happens Mm -hmm. is we, we go back to the first time we can remember something charged around this. Maybe it was in grade school. Maybe it was in high school. Maybe it was, you know, 21 and we go, that's when it began. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's their origin story. But in actuality, all of our settings get set before we're five in moments that we can't remember. It is deep. Deep. And um, so I would just encourage everybody to keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And I have a list of the 11 coping styles um, and their antidotes on my website if people want to read up more about them and sort of feel into like, oh, that's me. That's one of the things that shows up for me all the time. Oh, I guess this must have happened really young. Um, And the other thing that, that I would like to impart to people is that these coping styles are like having a complex. Do you know what I mean by that? It's like Uh you're trapped Uh inside of a prison that you're not even aware you're in. So like this Mm -hmm. panic disorder that you're experiencing, it's, it all comes out of your constricted complex and it's got you by the balls and you're Mm -hmm. not even aware of it. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we usually uh, attribute these things to like, it's just my personality. I'm just an anxious person or I'm just a person who gets Mm -hmm. angry easily, or I'm just a person who's shy. Right. But in actuality, Mm -hmm. forgive the the horrible noise outside my window. In actuality, um, these things are not us. They're not our, our personalities. They're wounds. They're old wounds that we're trapped in living inside of. So Mm. there is a way to liberate ourselves from these parts of ourselves that we feel like that's just me. These are just my character flaws. Um, They're not. They're old wounds and there are specific ways to help ourselves emerge from these old wounds. But we can't start to emerge and become more of who we really are, which is our divine selves, our whole and integrated selves. We can't fully emerge Mm -hmm. until we're able to to name and own the places we're not whole, these these specific wounds, and Mm -hmm. start to integrate and heal them. And that's when we can finally become whole and, and true expressions of, of our higher selves. I love that because in essence, it's like you're loving your whole self. You're embracing and you're loving like, you know, the, the uh, you know, when you own what you what you need to own is you're loving yourself at yes, the end of the day. Absolutely. <laughs> beautiful, right? It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You, you got to love this life we're living in right now. You got, you got to love it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> we get a, we get a chance to play. We get a chance to do work. We get a chance to do everything. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. So, so Dr. Sam Raider, please tell us your website. Where can people find you? If people want to, you know, uh, get your, your support, your work, you know, like where, where. Sure. Yeah. Where so my website you? is drsamrader.com, which is D R S A M R A D E R.com. And my Instagram handle is the same. Dr. Sam Raider would love to have you follow me there and, and exchange ideas in the comments or DMs. 
Um, and then I do own a clinic in Los Angeles called the Source Code Psycho- Psychotherapy Center, where I employ and supervise a team of therapists to work in the style of therapy that we've been discussing today. Um, and so if you if anyone lives in California and they're looking for um, therapy, we're available. And yeah, I just love to stay more in touch with your community and, and, you know, I'm always happy to receive questions and get into dialogue about all these really deep, potent, important, amazing um, modalities of healing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, guess what? You're hired. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah, I definitely... Uh, there's a reason why we connected, uh, you know, I'm so, uh, you know, I'm just so gra- grateful for Mark connecting us. Um, I got a feeling we're going to do a lot of beautiful work together, especially with my extended family. I can't wait to talk to you more about that. I'm actually going up to L.A. next week. I'd love to see if we can set something up, but we'll, we can talk about that. But uh, but thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time um, and, you know, just sharing your gifts and your knowledge and your wisdom, your expertise with us. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. And so, yeah, so, hey, everyone listening, tuning in once again, I hope this, uh, you know, was able to serve you in one way or another. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting my journey and supporting this work. Uh, You guys keep, keep on stepping towards your greatness. Keep manifesting your dreams. I love you guys. And don't forget, Earn your life.